Hi, I'm Jennifer Mulholland. And I'm Jeff Shuck. We're the co-leaders of Plenty. Thanks for joining our podcast, Plenty for Everyone. Each episode, we talk with conscious leaders like you to explore abundance in work and life, fulfillment in head and heart, and ways we can all work together to make this world a better place. Hello, and everyone, and welcome. It is lovely to hear that podcast theme song again after a couple months. This is Jen and Jeff with Plenty, and we are so happy that you are joining us today. We have a great conversation today on a topic that is incredibly important to us and we hope meaningful for you. But maybe before we get there, welcome, Jen. Do you want to say hello and tell us your story? Welcome, Jeff. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. <laughs> it's the Jen and Jeff show. Yeah, I'm grateful to be back on line recording this podcast. I'm in Park City, as uh, many of you know, and it is a snowy, kind of overcast, cloudy day here. We've been blessed with some good white stuff coming and hopefully a lot more as we kind of head into the holiday weeks. And not too long ago, I was in Michigan City, where you were is in his newly remodeled office. And we had a wonderful time processing our book and processing our own meridian, our strategy for 2023. Nothing is completely baked or f- done, but <laughs> was grateful to share that week with you and uh, see Jeannie. And yeah, it's good to be back. It's so good to be back. And it's good to be back on the podcast. I think our last podcast was a couple months ago. So sorry about that, gang. And the podcast was about our book and the book process. So maybe just to give a quick update on that. First draft is done, which feels good. The purpose of the first draft is so you can create a second draft. So we're well on our way to the second draft to deliver a structural edit to our editors on December 21st, which I'm bringing up partly to update people who are asking us about the book, but also because it's a nice segue into what we wanted to talk about. We chose the 21st because it is winter solstice. And if you're reading between the lines, when when we don't know when you're listening, but from what Jen said about being snowy in the holidays, for us, it's early December right now. And we wanted to do an episode about the solstice, why it's important to us, why we would choose to do something like deliver the second draft of our manuscript on the solstice. And the way production cycles will work, we have to record this in early December so this can be ready for the solstice. So we're in the midst of just the fun and busyness and zaniness and craziness of the holidays when you're a parent and a business leader and someone who serves clients and it's full. Life is full right now. There's a lot of spinning plates for sure. <laughs> the I feel like I go through this like, oh, I'm centered and grounded to complete overwhelm and what the hell I what can come off because I can't do all of this. I was actually having a moment last night bitching to Christian about how many projects I have on my plate and how did I get not stuck with it, but how, how are these projects mine? both personally and professionally. So to clarify or to add to what you just said about the solstice in our book, you know, we were really intentional about giving it six months between solstices. So we started our process in summer solstice mm-hmm. and with the intention to be able to kind of release our part, if you will, turn it over out on the 21st and it's been hard, way harder than I imagined it to be. And I'm grateful that we have the skills to continue to slow down and to kind of overcome Mm. self-inflicting obstacles. It's felt way more vulnerable to me than I realized, not only putting myself out there and ourselves out there, but how do we marry or how do we integrate our different voices in a way that is gettable, readable, soothing, uplifting to the reader. And I think we're I'm we're learning so much in that process. Yeah, so we're getting close. I mean it's like it's gonna like, happen. It's gonna happen. 
Oh, it's going to happen. That deadline is, it's, it's <laughs> real. Yeah. And I mean, just to go off down this tangent for a little bit, I think like so much of our work is about helping people create alignment, right? If you've listened to the podcast for more than one episode, you've heard us say that strategy is about alignment, not about plans and leadership is about being aware, right? Not about telling people what to do. And, and we've had to practice that. We've had to, we've absolutely had to practice that. There's this whole, it's not just how our voices blend, which the podcast, it's easy to do because we all, you can hear us. If you're listening, you can hear us. You can see, hear the tone in our voice. If you're watching it on YouTube, you can see us, but on paper, it's so different. And we actually wrote the chapters independently. We split them up and wrote them independently. And then you come back and it's not just the tone is different. I think for me, because of how we had to create an outline, right. And following the process that our wonderful publishers need us to you kind of get caught up in writing what you think you should say. And then you reread it and you're like, ah, oh, that's not what I wanted to say. Right. I kind of started lecturing instead of like, so the second draft I think has been great because we've slowed down to align and just talk through, well, what do we actually want to get across? It's really has been Jim, like practicing practicing what we preach to others, I find. Gosh, totally. I mean, we talked about this a couple minutes ago, but one of the real beliefs that we have is how we define what conscious leadership is. And half of our business is centered around helping to guide and coach and inspire and support conscious leaders. And when we use that term, we literally talk about being aware, aligned, and intentional. And I have never felt like I've had to practice that more than just the last two months mm-hmm. of being aware of myself, of shedding what no longer works for me, really questioning the roles I have, seeing that resistance, reading the book of what I my chapters and seeing how intellectual or heady, (laughs) if you will, that it's almost like so dominant on my coaching role that I, as you've given me feedback and as I've also reflected, it's where's the bridge to the super uber personal that feels really vulnerable to share publicly to there's some place in between, right? Just what does that look like? And so being really intentional about what's why are we writing this book anyway? What's the highest intention? What do we want it to do for people it gets in the hands of? And, you know, I really want it to be a gift of light and inspiration and expansion. And so I can't have it be that way if I'm not feeling that way writing it. And so that has been Mm -hmm. such a practice. Yeah. And so we just keep walking. Absolutely. And I think maybe the other just things we've been up to, we've briefly to update everyone so we can bridge into how, why we're talking about this today. We Part of the fun of working with great groups like we do, and Jen, you said half of our work is conscious leadership. And I would say all of our work is conscious leadership. It's just about whether it's with groups of conscious leaders or individual conscious leaders. But we ha- we've been so blessed to have so many great groups to work with this year and are kind of ending the year having just had great experiences. We were in Wisconsin last week with a large regional healthcare provider working with their executive team on how to lead purposefully, how to lead with awareness and intent. And shout out to the Elevate Leadership Forum, which is a group of CEOs we facilitate in the Chicago area. And we had a chance to hold their last meeting of the year and the holiday party, which is always fun last night. And in the preparation, so here's my segue, in the preparation for all of those, one of the things we talk about every year is is how we're going to celebrate the solstice, which is important to us. And a couple weeks ago, we were all sitting together in Wisconsin, Jen and I and Sierra Hayes, who's lurking on this podcast right now, and is the support and the engine on everything we do. And Jen and I were going back and forth as we do about what we should say about the solstice this year and shit, we wish we had three more months to plan for it. And how do we get in this spot? And like, people need to know and this and that. And Sierra, in her incredible way said, you know, we talk so much about why people should appreciate the solstice. We've never really talked about why, like, why does it matter to us? Why, why is it something that's even in the business conversation to begin with? 
And I think we both kind of stopped in our tracks and said, that's a brilliant question that we've kind of taken for granted that you either get it. And so you press play on an episode like this, or you read one of our blogs, or you just decide it's not for you. And so today we wanted to, in the lead up to the solstice, and maybe on the solstice, we're not exactly sure when this episode is going to drop, just talk about why we even talk about it and what it means to us personally and and how we got there. And I think the way we're going to start, I'd love to start with you, Jen, because until you and I reconnected in plenty, I would say the solstice was a very intellectual thing. Like I knew it happened, but if at this time of the year, I would have been, and I would have been celebrating with my teams in my companies, but it would have been around Christmas and Hanukkah and happy holidays in the kind of modern way that we celebrate this time of year. And of course, all of those are rooted, are actually rooted in the solstice. So when you and I got together in the first December was approaching, and I think I was talking about, well, what's our holiday gift going to be? And you said, well, we should talk about the solstice. So maybe we can start there. Like this is a time of year you have honored for, I'm guessing all of your adult life and maybe earlier than that. And the question is like, why? Mm. Like, what, what does it mean? Why does it mean to you personally? Start with that. Gosh, it feels like a loaded question. And it is, and it's not. Yeah, I would start with, I've always been a nature girl. And so I've had a lot of exposure to the outdoors, to camping, to forests, to the moon and the sun. And it's always intrigued me, the bigger system going on, the the natural cycles that we don't control that have an influence on us. Literally being a female and cycling with the moon, I just have been in tune with that my whole life or since I was 12 and been really fascinated into like astrology and ceremony and ancient traditions and ancient wisdoms. I was introduced to that maybe when I was eight or 10, maybe even earlier where my grandmother and mother were very curious and interested in healing in different modalities. My grandmother was a third degree Reiki healer. My mom studied lots of Native American wisdom and ceremony. And that kind of just led me into getting exposed from Christianity and Episcopalian traditions all the way to drum circles and shamanism and Native American traditions and many things in between. I think my first ceremony probably happened when I was 10 and started to understand that there's ancestral lineage here. There's for centuries upon centuries, traditions all over the world have marked certain natural cycles like the solstice, like the equinox, like the full moon, like the new moon in honor that we're not separate, that we're part of this masterful symphony of creation. And so, I don't know, I think like as a little girl, I just have always been intrigued by the bigger system, by the bigger forces at work, the forces of nature. And as I've gotten older, I've found that if I can attune to them, I can tap in they help me in my business. They help me in my growth. They help me in my personal relationship with self, with my soul. And that feels like it's developed over time. And so I think that married with my enjoyment of being a part of a community, facilitating community, connecting people to be part of something that's greater than themselves whatever that means to them, spawned me leading some of my sisters or girlfriends, I would say trained healers and other leaders in the community to do winter solstice, summer solstice, full moon, new moon ceremonies. And so maybe I'll pause there, but it it helps me tap into my own legacy of light that I feel like has been passed down from my grandmother to my mother through the lineage of the female line. It really gives me personally 
a kind of like a milestone marker, if you will, that says, I have to slow down this day. Like mm-hmm. I need to stop, create space, be intentional about what it is I'm ready to release and what it is I'm ready to manifest. And so we can talk about what that looks like more specifically, but I think at a high level, tuning into nature, not letting it be separate or happenstance, but really being intentional about bringing that into my year and daily life and personal life and professional life. And I'm a better person because of it. Yeah. I think like, let's park the idea of kind of how we celebrate it and Let's get to that next. But I think the slow, I love that answer and maybe a couple builds on it because Sierra's question was, was helpful in, I think what she was asking is, can we explain to people why it's even relevant to business? Like, why is this something that we feel like we need to post about when it might be coming three days after a post about how to better align your team or a week after a post about why revenue isn't the best metric for you? Like, why would we even throw the solstice into the mix. And I think it's a great question. And I get to there with a next build, which is another part. It's really your story to tell, not mine, but I'll paraphrase. The other thing you've shared on the podcast quite often is that your grandmother, besides being a Reiki healer and a spiritual practitioner, was a business entrepreneur, right? A quite successful one. So you grew up with this idea that these worlds are actually merged together. And I think that's just a fascinating thing because what you're pointing to is many of us don't. If you're 20 minutes in and you don't know what the solstice is, let's just back up and say the winter solstice is the shortest day of the year. It happens once a year. The summer solstice is the longest day of the year. There's an actual physical property, right? Where because the the earth is rotating around the sun, but it's tilted on its axis and it doesn't go in a complete circle. The sun appears to move across the sky during the year. And at one point in time for everybody on the planet on December 20th or December 21st, depending on the year, or maybe the December 19th in a really odd year, there's the least amount of sunlight and the most amount of darkness in the Northern hemisphere, in the Northern hemisphere. And it flips So summer solstice and winter solstice flip, depending on when you're listening to us. And if you're listening to us from Chile, awesome. Just listen to this six months later and all of it's going to be applicable to you. But the idea that like that, I think that idea of we're part of the natural world is a really interesting thread. And in our modern lives, there's lots of holidays we celebrate that are created by humans. You know, July 4th, Cinco de Mayo. Memorial Day. There are these days that we have created as people. The really cool thing about the solstice and all the sets of traditions that were built on top of it in most major religions is it was actually honoring this thing that occurs in the natural world. There is this literal conception. And I love what you're pointing to. Maybe now I'll stop. But this idea that we've talked about before that we're so driven by technology and the incredible marvels of science that we've created that sometimes it's easy to forget they come from someplace. They were built from someplace. The sun rises and sets. The stars are in the sky, not because an app identifies them for us. Like they're there on their own. There's a reason that for literally thousands of years, people have noted these days because they were unique and they were special. And maybe that, like before we get into kind of how we celebrate it and well, let's maybe go there. So what does it mean? You started to get to that place, Jen, the idea that the solstice opens something for you and particularly the winter solstice, like what does it represent for you? Yeah, I was going to comment on your previous riff and now it just kind of vanished. I think, let me kind of draw back, I think, and answer the question and comment on what you just shared. It feels like a couple things. It's, it's an absolute invitation to slow down and to tune in to something that cultures all over the world for centuries, like you talked about, thousands and thousands of years, have honored their relationship to nature, to this higher force, this benevolence, this larger soup that we are a part of. That for me personally 
gets me so excited because it goes beyond race, religion, where you come from, what color your skin is, what gender you are, what your religion is. It like neutralizes the field to say we're all made up of the same stuff and we all are part of this human evolution. And so it's almost like a reminder and an invitation to say, how aware am I to tune in? to give myself a permission to slow down and then give myself permission to tap into the creative co-creative being that I am, that you are, that we are, that each one of us has this innate potential, this innate wisdom, this truth, this unique specialness that we are meant to bring forth in the world. And I find that leading winter solstice ceremony or plugging into it myself, it reminds me that I am that powerful. We can talk more about like what we do that kind of gives you evidence of that. But this idea of like, what if I could create the life I want to create? What if I can absolutely on this day say enough I've outgrown this. I'm no longer willing to perpetuate this habit or cycle or behavior or low quality belief. What if we could step into saying, this is what I really want to bring into form and manifest and trusting that the energies at play are totally ripe for that contemplation and that choice point. It finds meaning to me in business to go back to the previous riff you were talking about is because we believe that we live one life and that we're not a person. We don't have a personal life and we don't have a professional life that we're meant to bring all of it to work, all of it at home. And what would our lives look like when we do that? And so there was a long part of my career when I was climbing the corporate ladder in high tech that it was not safe to talk about winter solstice ceremony. It was not safe or comfortable. It was kind of like seen as woo-woo. It was seen as quackery. It was the subject you don't talk about at work or with around the round table or in the boardroom or in the management room. And I kind of blew a cap on that. I just had enough with that paradigm. And I think The more I've stepped out into that in business, the more I find that executives and CEOs and managers and high tech and low tech and artists and all these human beings are interested in the same thing I am of tapping into that human potential, that performance that wants to come forth in a contemplative cycle or ceremony like the solstice. Hey, everybody. In the spirit of the solstice, we wanted to take a quick break from the episode and share with you a solstice poem that we created. Jen wrote the beautiful words, and I had fun composing the music, and we've posted it on our website and on YouTube. It's got beautiful visuals with it too, but it's also just great to listen to on its own as a poem. So we thought you'd enjoy a nice break, may it be quiet and contemplative, And we'll catch you in about two and a half minutes for the rest of the episode. Enjoy. The shortest day and the longest night have arrived. As we transition from darkness to light, stillness calls in subtle whispers to slow down, to pause, to breathe, to reflect, to notice, to be. We rest in the belly of darkness, seeing what is our truth, our longing, our becoming, We stop, we stop the struggle, we stop the pushing, we stop the striving, we stop the future telling, 
we stop to see what is now. And in doing so, we surrender to the void. We arrive at the abyss where miracles are made, where mystery lives, where connectivity reigns, where creation begins. And we wait. We wait. We wait for the light to rise for the rays to shine, for the space to expand, for our longings to awaken, for our dreams to rise. And in this quiet moment, we feel our light. We see its truth. We're in awe of its beauty. And we sense our own radiance. We are lost in wonder as the longest night calls us to turn our heads back towards the light. Well, we hope you enjoyed listening to that as much as we enjoyed making it. Thanks again and back to the show. So the couple of threads I think that I I love about that and maybe just to pull on both of them. I think, well, I love the personal experience about when you were in tech and feeling like it was kind of unsafe to talk about. There's something else for me that doesn't resonate for me, but more because it was nothing that would, it would occur to me to talk about. So it was more just like irrelevant. And I think this idea, again, why is it relevant to us? One of the things I hear you say is because it's important to you spiritually. So that's relevant. So if it's important to your team spiritually, just like you might say, say Merry Christmas to them or Happy Hanukkah or Happy Kwanzaa. It's that. But I think there's something deeper too to get at about why were all these holidays that we now celebrate in modern religions all layered on top of the solstice? And the second, so so you brought up something second there that's about this idea of connection, right? And I remember, Jen, you know this story, Sierra does too. I'm not sure I've shared it on the podcast. Four or five years ago, my family and I went to England for a week and my kids were a lot younger than they are. So it's kind of, you know, when you travel with younger kids, sometimes you have to like find things to occupy them. We went on the the eye, which is the huge carousel in London. And we went to a show and we were kind of looking to get out of the city and looking at the map. I was like, oh, let's go to Stonehenge. And for my kids at that time, it was just kind of neat. Oh, there might be like swords and axes there. Like there's these big rocks. It's a drive that's not too far out of London, but it's far enough that it's an adventure. And it was kind of just like a gee whiz thing. Like when you're eight, you go to the Grand Canyon and it's like, wow, it's a big hole. And then you go back and when you're 40 and it's this mystical experience. For Stonehenge, it was we just like picked Stonehenge on a map kind of randomly and drove there. I was blown away. And it was Easter Sunday, which was not timed, which is an important holiday for me and how I grew up. First of all, the rocks are massive. There's no picture that you've seen of Stonehenge if you are not, if you've not been there, that can begin to describe the scale of it. And then two, you realize, and they actually know where they came from. It's hundreds of miles away and it's 5,000 years old. So right off the bat, just intellectually, it's like, how the hell did this happen? Right? But the spiritual thing, and I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it, is how it's laid out. It's arranged according to the solstice. So one corner points to sunset on winter solstice. The other side points to a sunrise on summer solstice. I think I got that right. And if I'm not, someone will correct us, but you get the gist of it. So all this effort was done 5,000 years ago in ways that are really hard to fathom under tremendous effort to celebrate something that probably other people had noticed for 5,000 years prior to that, right? This incredible honoring of the connection we share and the idea that we're part of something bigger, which you talked about. I think a lot of our work to go back to business, a lot of our alignment work is trying to show teams they're not as far apart as they think. And they never are, by the way. 
There's always more that connects the teams we work with than divides them and finding those connection points. And we do it all the time in modern life. People will talk about, if you're a certain age, you talk about where you were when JFK was, was killed. If you're a a little younger, you talk about where you were when the space shuttle exploded. Maybe if you're younger than that, you talk about where you were when 9-11. We search for that connection now more than ever. And yet I think what you're pointing to is twice a year, we have that. We have these incredible, and frankly, if we can orient ourselves to that, then you see that probably happens every day and it probably happens every moment. One reason it's relevant is because it's spiritually important to some people, but I would point to another reason it's relevant in business is that it's a reminder that we're more connected than we we're connected to our competitors we're connected to our customers who are annoying us we're connected to our team members that we're frustrated and talking with it's part of this grand design so now i'll pause oh that's beautiful yeah i think that the connection piece is something that most people are searching for and most people want to be satiated with a feeling of connection to themselves, connection to others, connection to source, whatever you name that to be. I think there's an interesting play with and a symbiotic relationship between connection and alignment, because as you just alluded to, all of our work is about creating alignment. It's about helping teams and executives extract the wisdom in the room by asking and listening to what matters most to the staff, to the leaders, to the employees, to the customers and beneficiaries of the work that is done. And doing that in a really meaningful way, we start to see we are way more common. The people in the room see their commonality that fosters connection through that alignment that's created by sharing the most important alignment that we can have is the alignment to ourselves, Mm. the alignment within, the alignment to our soul, the alignment to our bodies, the alignment to our give a shit, our hearts and to our minds. Like what works for us? What doesn't? What are we here to bring forth? What's our truth? Where do we want to lean in and where, where do we want to lean out? And the solstices and the equinoxes and the the cycles of nature help us reattune to being aligned to ourselves and aligned to the larger, the grander force at work that to your point, whether it's Stonehenge or the Mayans or the Egyptians with the pyramids, I mean, we are talking about cultures upon cultures that have found the alignment, not only to their society and culture as a species, but to the buildings they created to be aligned to the sun and the play of connection. Like how do we find connection within ourselves and connection and community and connection to others? How do we stay aligned to who we are? What works for us? How do we know thyself? How do we know thy soul? What are we here to bring forth? Like those two invitations, I feel like, absolutely are the invitation of why we slow down to create space to honor this time of year. You know, I would say one other thing that the solstice always brings forth for me personally is the balance of the dark and the light. It is this day where we have our, in the Northern hemisphere, the most amount of darkness. And then we start to shift towards longer days and brighter days where the light comes in. And as we're both wired this way, and many people are as high performers and business leaders is I've been a light chaser (laughs) my whole life. And it's been really fucking uncomfortable to deal with my shadow, to sit in the darkness, to sit in the discomfort of uncertainty, the uncomfortableness of shedding and outgrowing my own personality or my body or what works for me. And as a Libra, I'm about balance. It's about how do I find right relationship? How do I find harmony in the in the light and the dark? And so I think at a time where there's a lot of talk about recession right now, there's a lot of talk about the instability of 
other countries and what that may impact America, where our tech and AI is going, different industries, the workforce. There's just so many things in the ether that feel dark. They feel like they're, it's a very unrestful time where there's a lot of change up for grabs. And my hope for us and my hope for anybody listening on this call is that if you choose to tap into the solstice or another time of year or every day, as Jeff just mentioned, with intentionality to slow down, to really ponder and get curious about who you are and what you want to bring forth and what is shedding, to we can step into creating more intentionality and positivity for the future we want to create together rather than buying and like feeding the darkness that is there. And so I think there's a difference between feeding it and being with it. (laughs) The solstice kind of brings up a lot of that as an opportunity for myself and others to be curious about and to reflect Mm -hmm. on. Yeah. Like this is where Oh my gosh, I so think in bullet points, which is great at times and frustrating for everyone who works with me and others. But like, I, I there's, I feel like you added two more bullets to our slide here. And that for the first, how is it relevant? It's relevant because of our innate spirituality. And that's one. How is it relevant? It's real, it's relevant because it's a reminder that we're all connected. It's two. And you've, you've added two more. I've held up three fingers, but it was two. Like I'm hearing kind of the power of stillness and space. So just to remark on that briefly, it's hard to see it when you're in the grind. And many people we work with are in the grind, whether they're working hourly and working six days a week, 12-hour shifts, because there's low capacity at the factory and they need the pay for their family, or whether they're executives and they're trying to figure their way through a third year that was incredibly uncertain. When you're in that place, it's easy to think there are no options. And the solstice is just a reminder of the power of space and of stopping. We've used this before, this metaphor, and we talk about it at our leadership retreat lantern a lot. If it was pitch black at night and you found yourself lost in a dark alley or lost in the forest, the last thing you would do is pick a random direction and start sprinting at top speed, right? You would slow down, you'd light a match, you'd try to figure out where you were, And that idea, I think there's no accident that so many ceremonies have arisen in the day with the overtime have come from the day with the least amount of light, right? And again, thinking not to be Mr. Archaeology here, but two, three thousand, four thousand years ago, when there was no light, you slept, right? (laughs) Like you went to bed. And now it's so funny, all of us, it's like it's six o'clock at night in December, and we're all like, drooping asleep at our desks and saying, why are we so tired? It's because it's pitch dark. (laughs) Like there is this reminder that's all around us. That's so easy to ignore about sometimes you need to rest. Sometimes you need to slow down. Sometimes great ideas come when you step away. Sometimes the pot doesn't need to be stirred anymore. Things calm down if you let them. And so I hear that theme of stillness and peace. And then the fourth theme I hear, which I love is I would call it hope. You know, plenty of you talk about hope needs help, but it's so inspiring to me that for millennia, people have celebrated. Isn't it ironic that or special or something that the day where there's the least amount of light in the year is also the turning point that more light is coming? And I love that metaphor. And it's so simplistic. And I know people are maybe rolling their eyes, but again, I think, Jen, of all the leaders we work with, where we kind of hear the litany of problems and what could go worse and what could go wrong and all these things aren't going the way they want. It's a reminder to us that when you feel stuck, maybe that's the invitation to slow down, take stock and invest back in yourself, knowing that things will get better. It sounds so trite, but you're talking about orienting to the light. And that I think is what I love about the solstice. Like we still have so much winter to come when the solstice sets, when you think about it, like all it's the start of winter, (laughs) all of the coldest days in Michigan city are still to come, but it gets lighter. 
gets lighter every day. And that's how you get through the cold, windy, negative 10 coming off the lake is it's like every day it's going to be a little bit brighter than the last. Yeah. I mean, I think to the point that we talk a lot about at Plenty and it's one of our company values and personal values is how important space is. And what we do see as an epidemic that's happening is that there's just too many people on the hamster wheel. and we've shifted into a society of sick care as a result and people don't know how to care for themselves and we have burnout and we have turnover and some of the companies we're working with have a great legacy of keeping awesome employees and some don't and that has been just the common denominator of management these days is how do they keep their people happy and fulfilled and healthy especially at the health institutions and hospitals that are out there. And so one of the things that I just think is so underrated that you you talked about is space, is this ability to give yourself personal space, give yourself reflective space, outdoor space, vacation space, alone space, soul space, those kinds of things can really help create the room for the light to come in. But when we're so full and we're doing everything and we're running and sprinting as fast as we can, there's no room to see the insight or the glimmer or the opportunity or if we're just too full. And so that is one thing that's been really special and why we feel like, or I feel like it's really important for business leaders to consider taking the time for just a few minutes. Maybe it's an hour, maybe it's a half an hour to do your own reflecting if you feel called to do somewhere around the solstice. Now, the energies are heightened a couple days before and a couple days after. So if you don't do it on the 21st, you haven't missed the window. And we would say at any point, it's a great time to stop, get still, do some personal reflection, some journaling, some letting go, and some intention setting. And those two things, letting go, releasing, and setting intention are really the pillars of the still point of the solstice. It marks an impeccable time to reflect on the year that has passed. So in this case, 2022, and really consider and think about what were the things that you've become, what were worthwhile celebrating? How can you notice you in your most brilliant accomplishments? And also what didn't work for you? What were things that came out of the blue that absolutely took you on a different path or changed your course or didn't feel good. And then equally setting forth the intention for what you want to make the year to come. And we'll talk about that in a second, but that feels like the juice. That is where we are so much more powerful than we've been led to believe that life just happens or that we'll just set goals. No, let's take some time to really reflect on what's worked for us, what we're ready to release, and then what we want to bring forth in the coming year and watch it happen in the most miraculous ways. Love it. And maybe that is the segue to move into some tools that we have. If you'd like to mark the occasion or just use it as a time to reflect. I love that maybe as we wrap up this section, if you're okay with that and go into practice points where I think you're taking us, I just want to say again, thanks to Sierra, because I love the question of like, let's explain why it's important to us rather than telling people why they should think it's important. So it's important to us because it's time to, it's a reminder of our innate spirituality. It's a reminder that we're all aligned. It's a reminder that stillness is our friend. It's a reminder to be in balance and contemplation of the light and dark. It's a reminder to be hopeful. And I think the key thing for us is just conveying to you all we're not trying to tell you to believe anything. We believe for you, right? And it's special to us and we wanted to to share why. So Mm -hmm. we've over the last, I mean, you've done this for years at Plenty over the last seven years, we've built a really lovely set of tools and 
poems and meditations and just pieces that are intended to be reflective and beautiful and inspiring and a little emotional and maybe we can just run down some of those jen and what we what we have to offer for people if they'd like to learn more they'd like to practice some of what you're what you're sharing or what we're sharing yeah sure so we've channeled a poem that we've put to music that jeff has created and there are words that came through me and we've put a beautiful montage of images to it which is hopefully something that you find inspiring and supportive we've created guided meditation for this time that can help you kind of stop and still and do what i was just talking about so they're really harnessing these two elements of the solstice of the dark and the light of what are you ready to release and we have some prompts that you could practice so one is writing what you're ready to release on separate pieces of paper or you could do it on one piece of paper and just in free form writing just thinking about what are you what have you outgrown what are you ready to release and then literally taking that blowing your breath into those pieces of paper getting really intentional about choosing to be ready to release those things and burning them that's one way we give you a whole bunch of different ways that you can really tune into the releasing another way is on the light side is writing your own manifestation letter for the year to come so imagining it's december 21st the future year so in this case at the time of this recording we would write a personal letter to ourselves dated december 21st 2023 and write it as if in gratitude for what you've manifested how you want to feel in the year to come as if it's already occurred and you can be as specific or as general as possible but the manifestation letters have been such a concrete tool that has shown each one of us and the people we've done this with and led it for how powerful we are and sometimes we don't know what we want and that's good that's okay we can tap into the feelings. So do I want to feel more freedom? Do I want to feel more joy? Do I not want to feel more grounded? Do I want to feel more successful? And what that looks like to each one of us is different. And then you seal up the letter. And if you want, you can send it back to Heart Space, our retreat center here in Park City. The address is in the link that you will see at the podcast notes. And we'll send it back to you right before the solstice, or you can save it in your own bureau, sock drawer. We put it in our safe and then we'll send it back if you want to have us be your stewards. But I mean, I've probably done winter solstice letters for 40 years and every year I'm blown away about how powerful I am and what I've had the privilege and the ability to co-create and manifest. And you are too. So that is just two tools we would love to point you to. And we have a few others that Jeff will let you speak to. That's so lovely. And it's a lot. I mean, the biggest thing I'd point to if you're trying to keep track of all of this is plentyconsulting.com slash winter solstice. And we'll have this podcast link, link to the videos, link to the download, link to these tools and their suggestions. I, I love what you were talking about earlier, Jen, about you know, and maybe to go back to the riff about <laughs> one thing that brings me a lot of comfort is whether or not anybody celebrates the winter solstice, it actually is going to happen regardless. Right. And that's, that's kind of different than like July 4th or Cinco de Mayo. Like if you don't live in the U S July 4th, doesn't mean anything to you, by the way, don't send us hate mail that I said that July 4th is not important. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm saying it's great. It's really important if you live in America and if you don't, it's just the day after July 3rd. What I love about the equinoxes, the solstices is whether or not anyone, any of us recognize them, they're happening and they're happening with to the animals and the plants and the rocks and the water. And it's just, again, it's just this reminder that we're part of something more and we're not connected only by the internet. We're connected by something that's a lot more lasting. And I think, I think that's, that feeling of contemplation is the biggest tool I'd point to for the 21st in any day, really. The tool of unity. 
mm. that we're connected and it's time to stop buying the bullshit that we're not, that we're separate, that we have to compete. And the unity you speak to, that that is the unity consciousness that is here. We're part of that. And how you play with that is up to you. But we all have a responsibility to help humanity evolve by becoming more unified, regardless of where you are. And I think that's what the solstice points to with so many cultures for thousands of centuries, thousands of years, celebrating this of all different traditions that I love that point that whether you believe or tune in or not, it's happening anyway. And that's kind of the consistency that the come from that we are made up of something that unifies us. And there's a field that unifies us that we may not be able to explain, but it happens. It's there and we're a part of it. So my hope is for ourselves and for myself, especially this 21st, I will be able to slow down because it's, I feel fast right now. I feel like I've got a bunch of spinning plates and holiday parties and Christmas presents and all the things that come up this time of year that I really want to be practicing what I preach of taking the invitation to slow down, to tune in, to be contemplative, and then to really think thoughtfully, not only what do I want, but what's the better world I want to see? What's the better world I want to be part of? And that's hopeful to your point, like that, that's on offer for all of us. If we choose to harness that and whatever way works for you is wonderful. It just seems like a really special day to possibly tune in to amplify those intentions. Lovely. Well said. Well, it's just such a nice time of year, isn't it? I mean, it really is. It's so damn busy. And yet it's busy with celebrating each other. And that's good perspective too. After a night where I was out late and it feels busy and I have stuff to do tonight and all weekend. I love that reminder, Jen, of to be busy being connected with others. Like that's our business. At the end of the day, that's all of our business. So what a lovely reminder. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in and listening. We so appreciate this community and we appreciate the time that you took to to listen and please share it and please comment and hit us up in our text box or wherever you're finding this posted. We really, really appreciate this community and you matter to us. And if you don't know, we would love to see you at Lantern, our leadership retreat. If you haven't been already, we have three in March, June, and October. And if you're looking to really up-level and expand your light and your knowing of who you are and what you want, it's a really special experience and we'd love to have you. Thanks, everybody. Happy solstice. Happy solstice. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Join the conversation and learn more at www.plentyconsulting.com.